point. Uh, it wasn't really all that fun for Broncos fans either. I was looking at some tweets, and you know it's funny because <laughs> they won yesterday, and getting a win is nice, but they still have a crushing Russell Wilson contract. The defense is still historically bad, still paying Sean Payton a bunch of money. So the Broncos won yesterday, but I don't think anyone's having a good time. Broncos fans, Packers fans, no one had fun yesterday. There was one moment that I laughed out loud during yesterday's game. This is the one redeeming quality, at least from an entertainment standpoint. So Kareem Jackson, the Broncos safety, gets thrown out. And anytime a player gets ejected from a football game, I mostly expect people to disagree with it, and I mostly expect people to be upset. And I think I'm conditioned to think that way because of college football. Because in college football, we throw out guys for nothing because the targeting rule is dumb. And, you know, there's not levels to it. Like one targeting penalty that's not malicious at all is on the same level as a just a horrific head-to-head hit, you know. So college football has conditioned me to think that when a player is ejected, everyone disagrees. And we think it's dumb. So Kareem Jackson gets thrown out yesterday. And I go to Twitter. And I'm like, oh, let's see what people are saying. I would imagine people are going to be upset about this. And everyone on Twitter, and not just Packers fans, everyone on Twitter, anyone who tweets about football is like, honestly, screw that guy. Get him. Get him out. Get He's always pulling crap like this. Get him out of there. And I had to laugh because that's the only time, at least in recent memory, that I can think of where a player was ejected from a football game, where the refs actively stepped in and said, no, we're throwing this guy out. And all of NFL Twitter was like, eh, screw that guy. He, he he deserves it. And the NFL announced today they're suspending him for four games. Holy smokes. That was really the, the one entertaining part of yesterday's game where I, sitting alone on my couch, laughed out loud. I'm like, oh, I guess guys really don't like this guy. I guess we don't like, I guess we don't like Kareem Jackson. Because in college football, it's always like, oh, you're going to eject this kid? Because the quarterback lowered down and the helmets happened to make contact. And now that kid's going to miss the first half against Iowa next week. This is so stupid. Kareem Jackson gets thrown out and everyone rushes Twitter. Like, honestly, screw that guy. Suspend him for all for all I care. I got a kick out of it. Everything else yesterday was miserable, but I got a good chuckle out of that little exchange in the tweets that followed. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you had a great weekend. Regardless of how the Packer game went yesterday, or maybe you're not a Packers fan. Maybe you're a, a Badgers fan. Uh, at least the Badgers got a really fun win on Saturday. Phil Longo's moment, perhaps, scheming an offensive lineman open for the go-ahead score. Maybe uh, maybe Phil Longo's coming-of-age moment. There, there's this podcast I listen to, the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast, with our friend Danny Heifetz, who comes on the show from time to time. And they have this award they give out called the, the Debutante Award, like the coming-of-age moment. Phil Longo had a bit of a debutante moment this weekend uh, against Illinois. So that game was fun. It was cool to see a team that's really struggled, I think, with identity. I'm thinking the Badgers are kind of trying to figure out who they are and what they're doing. And and I still think for the next couple of weeks and probably for the rest of the season, they're going to be going through a, a bit of an identity crisis, and they're working on that. But at the very least, it was fun to get a win, and I'm happy for those those kids and those coaches because it's it's been a little disorganized so far this year, and the Iowa loss last weekend sucked. So it was nice to see them get a win on Saturday. That was fun. And then a pretty fun slate of NFL games yesterday. We all had to endure the Packer game, unfortunately. Put your show of hands. Put your hand up in the air if you rather would have been watching Chiefs Chargers yesterday. Like, wouldn't we all? We could have skipped the whole Packers Broncos experience, right? I get it. They're our team. The Packers are our team, so we have to watch them. But while that game's going on, we were kind of looking over the fence, like, what's going on? What's going on over there? Oh, 
Chiefs, Chiefs Chargers. That's what the rest of the oh Taylor Swift is there. No, Travis Cal Patrick Mahomes looking like an MVP front runner. Looking over the fence. It's like, yeah, this is my team. I'll watch him, but it would have been nice to maybe watch a, a better football game. If you want to join the show at any point tonight, I would love to have you. I'm going to open up the phones here after our first segment. And on days like today, I like to move callers through just a little bit faster. So to hold myself accountable and to keep you on track, to keep us on track, I'm actually going to have a timer. And I'm going to try to start to wrap up calls around three minutes. Three minutes is a great amount of time. That's so much time to exchange a couple points back and forth and then wrap up. Three minutes is is perfect. And then we'll be able to roll through callers so everyone has a chance to kind of say their piece about the Packers and the coaching staff and what they think about Jordan Love and how they feel. So I'm going to open up the phones a little bit. 608-321-1670. Save that number in your phone if you haven't already. That way, one day, weeks, years from now, for the first time, you might have a topic or an opinion that you want to call in and share, at least then the number is saved and you don't have to wait for me to read it. I'm also on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you want to join in and be a part of the show that way as well. Really quick and easy to drop me a note on Twitter. Okay. At halftime of this game yesterday, I'm in my apartment all alone, and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to do a show tomorrow. I don't want to do a show tomorrow. I've been dreading this show, and I love my job. Like, I have the coolest, I can't imagine having a real job. You have to go in and, Use Microsoft Excel. I don't. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to make PDFs or or be sale. Like I can't. I can't enter the world of LinkedIn sales professionals and business professionals. I, I, oh my god! I could never do that. I love this job. So I love coming in here, doing a show, talking with all of you. But on days like today, I feel like sports fans want fire. They want brimstone and yelling and screaming, and we got to hold these athletes accountable, and we got to hold the organization's feet to the fire. And I. I can't. I I don't have it in me today. And I knew yesterday afternoon I wouldn't have it in me today. I usually have one good blow up in me. I got one. Like with the Bucks, they lost in the first round of the Heat. I blew up and got angry after game four. And then they got eliminated in game five. And I'm like, "Ah, I already went through this. I already got mad. We did this a couple nights ago, right? And with this Packers team, I blew up and got mad. And we all got frustrated after the Raiders lost on Monday Night Football. Two weeks ago, or I guess 13 days ago. It would have been two weeks ago, Tuesday. It was a Monday night game. And you go back and listen to that show. Like, I was very frustrated. Holding Matt LaFleur accountable. Holding his feet to the fire. Because that's what the media is for. Right? We got to make sure someone's keeping these, these jocks, these millionaires, these athletes, these coaches in check. And I say that mostly tongue-in-cheek because that's not really my job. But that's how some people view sports media. So I guess maybe it's true. I blew up two weeks ago. Today, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm not going to yell and scream. I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm bummed. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that Jordan Love is regressing, not progressing. Like, In your opinion, what has been Jordan Love's best game of the season so far? What do you think? We'd all probably say the Bears game, right? He was making throws all over the field, red zone, third down, great on third down and fourth down. He's great. And I'm not going to say it's been all downhill since then. I think he was pretty good in moments in Atlanta. He was pretty good in moments in New Orleans, but he looks to be regressing week by week and getting worse week by week and getting less sure of himself week by week rather than getting better, rather than getting more confident, which is ideally what we would want, what the Packers would want. I'd say that the wow throws, the really good throws, are becoming fewer and farther between. 
and the throws that make you go, that's not, oh, I don't know what he was thinking there. Those are getting more common. Because for the first couple weeks of the season, I'd say through Chicago, Atlanta, New Orleans, and maybe even the Lions game, you could make it through a lot of those first couple games without any really bad throws. Right, like you could make it through those games, and and maybe Jordan Love didn't make the big throws, but he didn't make the big mistake. And then against Las Vegas, he had a couple. Oof. And then yesterday to end the game. Oof. Now this doesn't mean that Jordan Love can't bounce back. It doesn't mean that on Sunday against the Vikings he won't look awesome and will start to put some of these puzzle pieces together. Totally could. Uh, it doesn't mean that he's 100% cooked or that these struggles are 100% his fault. But he has gotten worse, and he has not been great. Right? And I'm disappointed in that. I'm also disappointed that Matt LaFleur seemingly changed nothing over the bye week during the self-scout, which is such a dumb term. Isn't there a self-scout every week? You watch film every week of yourself. That is a self-scout, correct? Like if I listen back to my show every night to criticize myself, to be critical, then, then I would not like once a year listen to myself and call it an air check, a self-scout. I'm doing that every day. That's, that's part of the job. They're watching film of every snap of every play every week. They're, they should be constantly self-scouting, right? But over the bye, we make a big deal. Oh, we'll get into our self-scout, see what we can do better. Matt LaFleur and his staff sat down and they watched the Raiders tape and they saw a lot of 40-yard bombs that were nowhere near successful, saw a lot of tight end screens behind the line of scrimmage, and they all looked at each other and said, let's do it again. One, I want more of that. Let's let's do more of that. Forget intermediate routes. Forget play action, which Jordan Love's actually been really great on play action when he's had limited opportunities to do it. They did a lot of the same things that they did against the Raiders. They did yesterday. That's frustrating. That's disappointing. I'm disappointed in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. And maybe that's unfair for year two guys. Especially one of them is a fourth-round pick. Like, Romeo Dobbs is a fourth-round pick. It's not like they drafted Jamar Chase, and I'm expecting him to be a superstar in year two. Although Christian Watson was drafted basically a first-round pick or really, really early in the second round. So maybe expectations for him should be a little bit higher. But he was such a raw prospect, we knew it was going to take time. But here's the thing. Those are the veterans. Those are the experienced pass catchers. I was hoping this year that we'd watch Watson and Dobbs and think, oh, those guys, they got a little bit of an edge. They got it figured out a little bit more. They can lead the young guys along and bring them along a little bit. And that hasn't been the case. Romeo Dobbs has got to bring down that deep ball yesterday on the sideline. He's got to catch that ball on the goal line. And I guess it worked out because it ended up ricocheting into Jaden Reed's hands. And that's nothing. Jaden Reed, at this point in the season, seems like more of a grown-up than Watson and Dobbs, if you were to ask me, if you were to wipe my brain and then sit me down and, and have me watch this game and say, who, who's the Packers' best wide receiver? Who's the most experienced? Right? Who, who's the veteran? I'd say, well, it's, it looks like this Jaden Reed cat. Well, it's supposed to be Dobbs. It's supposed to be Watson, right? Wicks is even making big plays. Jaden Reed's made a lot of big plays. Now, he'd had, he's had his misses, too, but he's a rookie. He's allowed a certain number of misses. Dobbs is, I, I don't know what's going on with him. I, I think so highly of him relative to what I'm seeing and and maybe I'm just being hopeful with Christian Watson because he's been injured a lot and he has made a lot of mistakes but man he's got the tools and I'm disappointed that Watson and Dobbs in year two haven't taken a little bit of a step at least so far I'm disappointed I'm disappointed in Jair Alexander and Elton Jenkins both of these guys are getting paid big money 
The Packers are relying on these guys. Like the oldest sibling in a, in a big family. Let's say you have seven kids in your family. If you're one of the two or three oldest kids, you're going to carry a little extra responsibility. Go pick up little Billy from swim lessons, right? Can you stay home on Saturday night and babysit, you know, little Sam, right? As an older kid in, in a big family, a little bit of responsibility there. And Jair Alexander and Elton Jenkins, you guys are vets. You're paid a lot of money. We're expecting you to be good and help out everyone else around you. And they haven't really. And, and maybe Elton Jenkins has a little bit of a gripe. He's coming back from an MCL, probably not 100% healthy. He came back so fast. So I'll give him a little breathing room. But he's had two crippling mistakes in the biggest moments in the last two games. He had that big miss block on the final play against Vegas. And then a big holding penalty yesterday that moved the Packers back, put him behind the six, and then two or three plays later, whatever it was, Jordan Love threw an interception. Jair has played in 20 of his last 38 games. Our friend Rob Reichel tweeted that out yesterday. And when he's out there, he's fine, but they're not paying him to be fine. The eye test is telling me he's fine. He's good. But they're paying him to be a star. I watched Jordan Poyer punch out a ball yesterday. If Jair Alexander punched out a ball after someone caught it, I think I'd dump my pants. It just it doesn't seem like something that he's capable of. He's fine, but he's not a game breaker. I'm disappointed in Jair and in Elton Jenkins for slightly different reasons. And again, I'll cut Elton Jenkins some slack. He's coming back off of injury. But I'm disappointed. Honestly, you know who I'm most disappointed in? You guys aren't going to like this. I'm disappointed in Packers fans. Because Packers fans, at least a great number of them, myself included, wanted to be done with the Aaron Rodgers era. We wanted to be done. We wanted to move on for many different reasons. The Rodgers drama, the willy wony every single year became difficult because the Packers had to make roster choices or a lack of roster choices based on what Rodgers was deciding. And every year that decision kind of became more and more difficult to get out of him. And that does impact a franchise. No, he wasn't drunk driving. No, he wasn't breaking the law. He was just kind of being a pain in the ass. And it's hard to plan for the future as a franchise when that's going on. So that's an issue, right? They were going backwards. They went from NFC championship game to divisional round to missing the playoffs. We were getting farther away from Super Bowl contention on a team that was designed to be Super Bowl or bust. That's a problem. And on top of all that, you have Jordan Love waiting in the wings. You spend two or three years putting time and energy into developing this guy. It would be a shame to hold on to Aaron Rodgers, who's giving you drama, who's getting farther away from a Super Bowl, farther away from his physical prime, and let this Love guy go without at least giving him a shot. Right. So there were plenty of reasons to move off of Aaron Rodgers and to move into this era. A lot of Packers fans were okay with taking a step back. I would say a majority of Packers fans were okay with this. We wanted this. Okay with a rebuild, okay with a reset. Even if it means fewer wins, it's probably the best decision for the franchise long-term. And it's been six games, and I see the tweets, and I listen to the calls, and I see the comments, and a lot of Packers fans want everyone fired. They want to see snaps from Sean Clifford. I mean, come on. Everyone's saying, well, I've seen enough. Or Matt LaFleur isn't the guy. Or Love isn't the guy. Uh, Okay. I'd like to at least make it to the halfway point of the season. Is that too much to ask? We're all gung-ho about kicking Aaron Rodgers out of town and kickstarting this next era. This team is the youngest team in football with a first-time starter. And it's not Halloween and Packers fans are, whoa, fire the coach. I want to see Sean Clifford. You you know what? Packers fans are entitled. I'm calling some of you out. I, I'll call some of you. I'll get up on my soapbox. I'm going to call some of you out. Packers fans have been spoiled. Get it together. This is what? other NFL teams go through when they've tried to draft and develop young quarterbacks. 
We could very well get to the end of this year and come together and realize, mm, I don't know that Malafleur is the guy, and I don't think Jordan Love is the guy. It could totally happen. In fact, the odds are probably leaning slightly right now that Jordan Love isn't the guy. But Jesus, it's not Halloween yet. Packers fans, we've been puffing out our chest. Get this Rodgers guy out of here for two years. We've had a couple of losses, close one-score coin flip losses, and everyone's melting down. Get it together, okay? Let's let's tighten it up a bit. Yeah, the losses haven't been ideal, but we've been wanting, we've been begging for this. Get Rodgers out of town. Let's start the love era. Well, the love era is here, and the love era is Jordan Love, who's inexperienced and inaccurate, with a bunch of wide receivers who've never really played before. They're all kids on an offensive line that's disheveled, on a defense that's coordinated by a guy who nobody really believes in. I'd hope they'd have a couple more wins right now, but let's not act like we're totally shocked. And wanting Matt LaFleur fired midseason and calling for Sean Clifford, it's childish behavior. It's silly behavior. So get it together, okay? This is what we signed up for. This is what we wanted. We made this bed. We can do a little bit better job laying in it. So Packers fans, you're on, you're on blast today. And I'm a Packers fan. I'm also a Packers owner, so I can speak to everyone like this. Let's take a three-minute break, get into some calls. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you listening. Got a lot to talk about tonight. Bad loss for the Packers yesterday. I mean, if Anders Carlson just makes that kick, they win yesterday. But I I think Packers fans are so dejected and disappointed and frustrated with this offense and with Matt LaFleur and with Jordan Love. Like, we don't even have the energy to be like, well, if our dumb kicker just makes the kick, we're like, yeah, we probably deserve to lose. Like, we, we don't have a lot of fight in us right now. We don't have a lot of angst for officiating or for kicking or anything. We're, I think Packers fans are like, yeah, we're bad right now. Probably didn't deserve to win yesterday. And I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm not calling for anyone's head. I'm not drawing any uh, definitive uh, conclusions about Matt LaFleur or about Jordan Love. I'm I'm just bummed. I was hoping for a little bit better yesterday. I remain hopeful about a lot of different players and a lot of different parts of this team, but I understand that Packers fans are starting to get frustrated. So I want to start to hear from you guys. 608-321-1670. I'm going to run a timer today at about the three-minute mark of the call. We'll start wrapping up. I'm not going to cut you off, but... Sometimes I'm sitting here and I, I get lost in conversation, get lost in sports discourse. And on a day like today, a lot of calls, a lot of opinions, a lot of hot takes and reactions. So I want to kind of move it somewhat quickly. I think three minutes is a, a good window of time. Let's start with Denny and Holman, 608-321-1670. What's going on, Denny? Welcome. Thank you, sir. Great show today with Bill. Um, I enjoyed listening to what Mike had to say. Made a lot of good, valid points. Um, if you watch the same game I did, if you start right from the head coach, go all the way down to Barry, to the players, to the coaches, everybody. I mean, everybody, there's enough blame to share. And the reason Jordan takes that at the end is because he throws the interception, which, you know, I, I know it was a kind of an ill-advised ball to throw and the little floor didn't look too happy when that happened. But there, like I said, there was just plenty of blame to go all over. The penalties were just atrocious. <sighs> Well, early, early on, it it started so weird. We got nailed with a. This feels like it was years ago. It was at the very beginning of the game, but we got nailed with a false start on the center and then a holding on a defensive lineman. I'm like, this is yep. 
This yeah. game is already painful enough for everyone involved. Yeah. Don't make it worse for us, yeah. please. And how how crummy are punting too? My God, you know he he was not very good yesterday. God, I'm going to be know? honest with you, and, Denny. I don't. I can't even remember any punts yesterday. You're a better sports oh, fan yeah, than me. There was, yeah, there were punts, and like I said, that guy. You know, and and you know, you got Carlson missing his first kick. Well, you know, I mean, that's it. I mean, every kicker is going to miss a kick. They're not going to kick, you know, religiously all through the life, twenty for twenty a year yes. or whatever. That's true. But I just uh, was more disappointed that I didn't see any progress. I saw the regression. I, I thought they regressed with yesterday's game. Uh, it just, uh, you know, Jordan had some balls. I thought he maybe could have thrown a little better and a little bit more time stuck in the pocket yeah. but his receivers didn't help him out either you know i mean there's some of them plays where you think you know what you find yourself in the zone stay there yeah. not run away from it you know so and that's that's about all i got to say i good great badger win uh got yeah. 21 21 to 3 i was a little skeptic but you know they they pulled it out um, I also watched the girls Saturday night, and that it just didn't seem like they came with the fire that uh, Nebraska did with John Cook, our old coach. I think they wanted it more than Wisconsin did. Well, and they were at home, and I so I didn't I didn't watch. I was looking at tweets. I had Michigan, Michigan State on, and then I also watched USC Utah, which was an awesome game. And Utah might be it was. other than the Badgers. If I had to be a fan of any school, I think it might be Utah. I did not see volleyball, but the dream is Denny. Nebraska wins this one, and that motivates Wisconsin to come back and win the more important match later on in the season Absolutely. and in the postseason. I sure, I sure hope you're right. I hope so, too. Denny, you're a dedicated Badger fan. I appreciate you watching all the games and, and calling in tonight. Thanks for the call. All right. Have a great night, Grant. Thanks. You as well. Denny in Holman getting us started off tonight. 608-321-1670. Yeah, I... See, Denny, I didn't know what you were going to say because when we talked last on Friday, you were wanting a little bit of Sean Clifford. Um, and I just, I just don't, I just think that's silly. If you want to see Sean Clifford, go watch Penn state tape. There's a couple years of it. And most, most of it sucks. It's all pretty bad. Clubhead Mike is here. 608-321-1670. What's going on, Mike? Welcome. Hey, hey, Grant. How are you? I'm doing good. This loss did not ruin my day. It's not ruining my week. It is a bummer, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to let it bring me down. Yeah, it didn't ruin my weekend either because I had a great day Saturday with the grandkids. Yesterday we, yesterday we spent a great day at a winery down south of Blair's Tenville Winery. It's a great place. I had a great time. Missed the first half of the game, but I heard it on the radio. So well, you didn't. That was you didn't exactly miss much. You you missed the correct half of the game, and listening to Wayne and Larry ain't too bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was just fine. So. Grant, you're what? You're, you're still 25, right? You haven't had a snuck a birthday past. Yep, I'm I'm hanging on for a couple more months yet. Yeah, so you're the most mature guy among all of us. You're the most mature guy, and I agree with you 100. percent They're young. They're some are young and dumb, and they're uh, yeah, they're still growing. You and I all always said this: you're not going to start panicking yet. It's not even Halloween, and you know maybe they'll maybe they'll improve, maybe they won't. But this is what we signed up for. All the People that wanted Rogers gone, they said, Love's going to be the next Hall of Famer and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, we knew that that wasn't going to happen. And uh, this, is, this is what we signed up for. You're the most mature guy here telling us that, yeah. And then um, we knew this was going to happen. Well, you and I did. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was maybe hoping that they'd, they'd be a little bit better than two and five. Or are they two and, are they two and four? 
Jesus, they've only played six games. This season feels like it's been going on for a couple of months. I mean, they, they could have won the Atlanta game. They could have won yesterday easily, could have won against Vegas easily. Like, these are close games. But then again, Mike, you know, we've said multiple times throughout this year, it's not the result that matters, right? Win or lose, I, I want to see progression from Jordan Love. I want to see progression out of the offense. We haven't really seen progression the last month. And I'm still hopeful that it looks better against the Vikings or better against the Rams. Like, I think these are two games that the Packers are going to be able to compete in. And I, I still think that Jordan Love and these receivers have a lot of improvement. Matt LaFleur... Um, but I, I need to start to see it because I'm not going to be sitting here December 1st saying what I'm saying today. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just, just want people to, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were going all the way to Super Bowl. Well, you and I knew that wasn't going to happen. And th- that isn't the kind of season we were looking for this year. So let's just lighten up. And also, I know I got to get going here, but um, okay. your, show, your show is getting more and more popular because you're getting more and more phone calls. And you're right to kind of give us a little bit of a chewing out Friday because I've called national radio shows. You do wait on hold for 25, 30 minutes, and you talk, and talk for 15, 20 seconds. So all of us Grant Bills fans are spoiled. So Yeah, Packers fans are spoiled. Callers, but I do try to get to everyone. Sometimes you got to wait a little bit, and I'm sorry about that, Mike, but I appreciate you recognizing. We got a pretty good here for these two hours every night, I think. Yeah, we do. And if I can't get on, if I couldn't have got on today, I'd get on tomorrow. Try try again. Absolutely. (laughs) Appreciate you, Mike. I got to run. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Bye. Have a good one. Clem had Mike in Chippewa Falls. Appreciate his perspective as always. And I knew he had a good day on Saturday with the grandkids. He told us about that on. Friday. Vagabond John is here. Calls us in Madison, our Madison affiliate, The Zone, 608-321-1670. What's going on, John? How's the weekend? Grant, when you make it big well, and you're what, on What, what is this? Show. Why is it always about me on this show? Well, what is this? Well, because because I know Clemhead Mike's going to follow you, and when you make it big and we have one of those holiday pre-recorded sec- sessions, I just want a full hour of... Clemhead Mike reading the first <laughs> chapter of like Moby Dick. Yeah. Like, just give me that guy telling a story and I could listen for days. Call so, me Ahab. Uh, yeah, Mike's got a pretty good delivery. Wake, weekend was great, man. We had we had the Badger outdoor tailgate. Uh, the first one that we had with the game was actually exciting. And the fun part was I was just grilling brats, burgers. We made pumpkin spice bacon. We had chicken wings with the homemade buffalo sauce. Ooh. We ran right down to the last little package of hot dogs. And right as I finished up grilling, was like when the Badgers started showing life. So for me, the game was great. That was man in the grill. Not a boy. Kind of keeping an eye on the, on the game, but ended up uh, people were pretty dejected the whole time. There's a lot more flip cups than actually watching the game. That's okay. For, uh, for those who know the college drinking game. Um, Do you like boom yeah, cup or flip cup better? That was the big debate all day. We, uh, we kept on going back and forth. I think for me, I like flip cup better just because I have to pay less attention for sure. most of it. Sure. Uh, but boom cup's more competitive, I think. So that can be a little bit more fun, too. I would tend to agree with you. Uh, Ten seconds because I think you have Packer, Packer takes, too. But did Phil Longo have his coming out moment on Saturday? No. <laughs> Illinois is a bad team. Uh, Nebraska beat Illinois 20-7. to uh, for yeah, everybody, well. for for the Ben Kennys of the world out there, being like, "Bring on Ohio State! We beat Illinois!" Like, okay, everybody. Well, it's weird because I I texted Ben Kenny after the game on Saturday. And I said, "Am I crazy to think that this is maybe the start of something?" And he goes, "No, this team sucks." And then two hours later, I see him tweeting, talking himself into Ohio State. So I I just think it took him a, a couple of hours to start <laughs> dreaming a little bit. Yeah, we can. We're all dreamers, and you know, we're all dreamers at the end of the day. Speaking of dreamers, man, Matt Lafleur, what a guy! I think, you know, I've been. I started my whole Joe Barry bit back after they lost that home playoff game, 
thirteen to six or whatever it was, thirteen to ten, I think maybe. But that whole offseason, everybody's calling for the defensive coordinator. And all the way back then, I'm thinking playoffs. That's when performance matters most, right? That's when yep. that's when the metal meets the road, baby. That's what you got to do. Rubber meets the road. Um, but what I want to see, like the last two callers both said, is just some sort of life. And that's why I'm out on Matt LaFleur, 100% on board with firing him if, if this continues throughout the rest of the season. Obviously, they could go put up 40 points against the Vikings. That's what's fun about the – NFL. I mean, geez, you watch the Bears did what you know, do what they did this week. Yeah, or or the Patriots beating the Bills yesterday. Like all these Packer fans are. I'm looking at the schedule. I I don't know if they can beat any of these teams. Yeah, until they all of a sudden do, because that's how football works. Yeah, it's it's a crazy league. It's a super young team. They're going to be inconsistent. We did expect this. The thing that disappoints me the most, and this is why, and I think it's damning for Matt Lafleur, is the script. Right? It is that first quarter. That's inexplicable, right? Because we just saw Chicago go out there with a dude off the street and run it up on the same defense that we couldn't do anything against in the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. So I, it seemed you had two weeks, you go out there, and for that script to be that flat, I mean, that is, in my mind, 100% coaching, yeah. right? You got receivers all running that same route. They probably, as you like to commonly say, making the game harder than it has to be for a group of young guys. So I, I think that's very damning. Uh, for me, the only takeaway I have is that script is awful. Um, Rasul Douglas should shut his mouth and stop getting absolutely torched in man coverage. Uh, this is – I want to – I'm going to start – I'm going to go back. I'm going to look at the film. I'm going to find out a running counter of how many touchdowns have come against the Packers, specifically against Rasul Douglas in man coverage. Because both of the Lions once did in the first half, and then this one – the one they gave up yesterday, we just got absolutely torched. So um, that dude's clueless when it comes to man, man coverage. Elite zone corner. Give me more zone from the defense, baby. That's what we need. All right. Appreciate you, Bagamon. John, I got to run. I'm going to get to one more call, but I appreciate you. And maybe we'll talk Badgers. Maybe Bucks later this week, huh? Basketball. Come oh, on. yeah. Got an eye on basketball. All right, man, later. Yeah, have a good one. Vagabond John, one more call before we go to break. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hi, you got Matt and Eau Claire here. Matt and Eau Claire, what's going on today? Welcome. Hey, yeah, no, I've uh, I listened to your show on and off sporadically the last couple of years. First time calling in, but I always appreciate your takes. No kissing ass or anything. Everyone is true. They love your show and everything, so it's awesome. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, what do you think? No, I agree 100% that we as Packer fans are, I hate to say it, but, you know, we've been spoiled with Hall of Fame quarterback play for like 30-something years. And the first time it seems like we got a squeaky wheel, we suddenly want to just like abandon ship and all this jazz. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I get Packers fans' frustration and all that jazz. But honestly, I I hate to say it. Well, I hate to say it because of any backlash, but we got to give Jordan one full season. We just we got to give him one full season. At the end of the season, we evaluate, we see what we got, what we don't got, and then you know, obviously, we make decisions from there. But yeah, I mean, my hot take is probably going to be Lafleur. He comes back for another year. Jordan, he's the starter next year. And guess what, Packer fans? I think Lafleur is going to keep Barry at least one more year, oh. a do or die. I know it's tough to think about, but 
if the defense is actually legitimately holding some of these offenses to like 20 points or less, LaFleur has probably got a twinkle in his eye about Joe Barry, you know, a twinkle that maybe Packer fans don't necessarily see. But, you know, he's the coach. He's the one who makes that decision. So, I don't know. I, uh, I say one full season, and then as Packer fans, we can start jumping off the boat or getting on the bandwagon. Oh, I think one full season, 100%. And, you know, we roll around to Christmas, Matt, and we got two games left. We might know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying we can't yeah. draw any conclusions until the very end of the season, but they've played six games. You know what I mean? And I think they've had a great opportunity to win really all of them except the Lions game. That's the only game oh, yeah. that they haven't been in. And I'm not saying that we should be okay with losing and we're entitled. And that like, this stinks. This isn't okay, but man, it could be so much worse. Jordan love could be so much worse. And they're the youngest team in the I NFL. Agree. It's a rebuild. This is what we wanted, Matt. This is what we were looking for oh, when we got rid of Rogers. I was, I'm right there with you. I last off season. I was like, yep. Bye Aaron. Thanks for the memories. We'll yep. never forget you. Bye. Yep. I was like, let's let's hop on the love train, let's do it, and you know, it's it's kind of sputtering here and there, but no, I get it. Like I, I think a lot of Packer fans are quick to forget. We went six and ten in two thousand eight when Aaron Rodgers got his first full season starting. Now he did play good <laughs> that season, but you know, we give him give him one full year of Packer fans, and then we can start booing or cheering or whatever. But no, I agree. All these games have been super close. I agree. Like one flip of the ball and we win some of these games, you know, but it's just tough. They could also be one in five. You know what I mean? They've been blown out and completely not in one game, the Detroit game. And that's it. So I, I don't know. We can take a deep breath. I appreciate you, man. I got to take a break. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for the call. Yeah, of course. Matt and Eau Claire. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the takes. Let's take a five minute break. We'll come back. Continue the Wisco sports show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Going to get back to the phones. We're reacting to the Packers losing to the Broncos yesterday. I want to continue to take your calls, lots of reaction, and I have some thoughts on Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur. Be sharing those throughout the rest of the show as well. I, I got to pause one sec because seven minutes ago, I was walking to the bathroom, and naturally, I'm not going to be alone in my thoughts for the walk around the corner down the hallway to the bathroom, so I'm scrolling Twitter, and I see Bob Nightingale, friend of show, tweet, this is the first time in D-backs postseason history that they have hit back-to-back home runs. And I'm like... First, oh, the, the Phillies game started. I, I forgot. I forgot that was on. So I got back to the studio, turned it on. And the next thought was, Bob, they very, very famously hit four in a row like two weeks ago. Bob Nightingale, I think Bob knows what he's doing. I'm going to be 100% honest. I think Bob Nightingale trolls us all the time by jinxing no hitters and just like getting things wrong. Like there's no way he doesn't remember that. He is a national baseball columnist. He's one of the prominent national baseball voices we have in this country. And he's like, oh, it's the first time they've ever hit. Bob, they hit four of them in a row like two weeks ago. What do you what do you mean? So the Diamondbacks lead three to nothing in Philly. This series needs a game seven. We already have game seven between the Rangers and the Astros. The baseball is good. I love baseball. I can't imagine being a sport. One of those sports commentators. Oh, baseball's lame. I don't talk about baseball. Well, your loss. 
buddy. Corey's in Marshall, 608-321-1670. What's going on, Corey? Rats, you're a difficult man to get a hold of, but I finally got through. I appreciate you. Well, I, hey, you, you know what? Going. I appreciate your patience, Corey, and your stick-to-itiveness, knowing that if you couldn't get in last segment, just try again. I appreciate you. Thank you for that. That's exactly it. So you only talk about highways last week. I was up north of Highway 70 this past weekend. No Way kidding. Up north. Northern Forest County, so north of 8 and uh, East Eagle River. So... Beautiful drive up there this week, and the leaves are past peak, so the trees are all pretty much clear. But wanted to pass that along since you had asked uh, Bill Michaels this morning about yeah. his drive north. I, I, I literally north. interrupted Bill today during maybe the most important Packers show of the year to be like, hey, you drove up to Pembine. That's, what is that, 172 through through Pound and through Beaver? Tell me about how was that drive, Bill? He's like, Grant, what does it matter? But I had to ask. Hey, that was a more interesting discussion than the Packers, so I enjoyed it because I've been up that way as well. Penmine, Pound, Festigo, a lot of peas up in that area. So been a lot of negative talk today across the radio spectrum. But I'm going to talk a little positiveness. We should all be on the Mike Hastings hype train right. for UW men's hockey. I'm going to turn you into a puckhead, Bills, and get everybody in. Back to hockey talk. I love this. Uh, Denny brought up women's volleyball, Badgers volleyball, too. We have, look at this audience. We're everywhere. And UW women's hockey is always just like a terminator, basically crushing everybody in their past. Mm -hmm. There are really good, like, awesome sports around here. And, I mean, the men's hockey team just went up to Michigan Tech this past weekend and swept uh, Michigan Tech up there, and that's, a very tough place to play. It's a pretty uh, raucous, small little place. They serve the hard liquor. The crowd really gets into it. <laughs> and I'm really impressed with seeing how Hastings is starting to turn around this program pretty quickly from the dumpster fire that it was. So that's something to really be excited about heading into the long, dark winter of Packers mediocrity that we got in front of us. You can take in a couple games every weekend when you, when you want to of uh, UW hockey, and they're playing the Gophers coming up here next week. And so... That's the positive discussion. And men's football, well, obviously men's football, but UW football, you know what I was trying to say. Yeah. Real happy with what how it came out this past weekend. I think um, they're starting to click a little bit more. But I think that really galvanized them with that dirty play from Illinois. And I know a lot of people think it's dumb that they get kicked out, but frankly, that's the dictionary definition of a dirty hit. Well, yeah, and how else are they going to learn? If they don't get kicked yeah. out, how are they going to learn, Corey? Well, I know, I know that's the typical... Uh, thing but a little tongue-in-cheek it is you know yep, very tongue-in-cheek i get what you're saying i'm i'm right there with you but like you're never supposed to say with the front of your helmet even you got taught that even the barbaric days of back in the 80s and 90s you gotta look up see what you're hitting football yeah well yeah because it's dangerous to yourself too mm-hmm. i mean that's a quick way to paralyze yourself yep and i know everybody's like oh that's weak and blah 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 but ronnie lot and uh you know rod woodson they didn't need to lead with their head they just mm-hmm. hit guys you know, Straight. and they played the game clean and tough. Now on the negative talk with the Packers, you know, <clears throat> beginning of the season, I guess I was kind of curious and interested when when some folks thought this may be a borderline playoff team because I thought this was a 5-7 to seven win team from the jump anyways, and I told Evil and Rowdy that in, like, the preseason. And the reason why I thought that was because, you know, with a Hall of Fame quarterback last year, they went 8-9. Miss the playoffs. Yeah. And aside from the draft, and, you know, 
some of their guys getting an extra year experience, it was basically the same team they were bringing back, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, you're going from a guy that's going to cover up all the warts of it's going to win you two or three games. You know, Rodgers used to be good for four or five game wins, you know, four or five wins just on his own back in his heyday. And then you're saying, okay, like two or three wins on his own when he's kind of getting towards the end of his career. So, like, you take that away, you put in an experienced guy, it's going to be like, well, you're going to drop down, you know, those two or three wins or more. I'm not necessarily in the Bill Michaels camp where he's, like, ready to give up on Jordan Love. The main reason why is just from a functionality standpoint, I don't know if that's the right word, but you invested a first and a fourth round pick in him. So you better be damn sure that he's not the guy if you're going to jettison him and move on. Otherwise, you're really – I mean, that's almost a career killer for Gutekunst to an extent, right, because you basically blew up the relationship that you had with the Hall of Fame guy, and then the guy that you drafted didn't turn out to be the guy. So, I, mean, I don't think that's the whole, you know, cause of the issues that they're having with this team right now anyways, but yeah. that's a big discussion point overall. It's it's just disconcerting to see, like, the – they're very discombobulated on offense. You got guys running the same route. And, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the YouTube uh, channel, the quarterback school from yeah. JTL. So, yeah. He was, he on, he really was on Bill's show with me and uh, Ben Kenny okay. last year. Friend of the show. Okay. All right. He does an I, – I watched his breakdown of the Vegas game when the Packers played at 35 minutes of, like, him dissecting everything. And I was like, holy cow. Like, he was calling out LaFleur, like, this is our archaic offense. When he was talking about, like, he was doing these sprint outs to the left, he's like, this is from 40 years ago, Yeah, play call. And everybody knows how to defend it. And then he's pointing out, even then, guys running the same route, banging into each other. And he's like, you can't go anywhere with the ball on this. He was pointing out, though, Jordan Love's precision isn't the best in his accuracy. So, I'll leave you to this, and the question I'm wondering is, do you think this team would be two and four or four and two with Dan Campbell as a coach? Oh, oh, let's okay. Well, that's an outstanding question. There's a lot that we can do with that. I do got to run. I got to take one last break, Corey. I appreciate you. So from Rowdy, so I got to give props to him. <laughs> I like. You have a great night. Yeah, you too. I appreciate. It. Damn, would they be, would they have a different record with Dan Campbell? There's a million different bullet points to to branch off of and to add on to that question so i I want to address that fully when we come back and that might even roll us over into the five o'clock hour a lot more of the wisco sports show coming up next this is the wisco sports show with grant bills on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Sports Show. Want to get back to the calls. Want to continue to talk to you. Get takes. Your reaction after yesterday's Packers loss out in Denver. We're going to do that after 5 o'clock. Because if I take a call right now, then I'm going to have to cut you off to break at 5 o'clock. And I don't want to have to do that. So we'll circle back in a couple minutes. 608-321-1670. Remember, you can drop me a note on Twitter as well. At Wisco Grant. You can follow me there. Tweet me, DM me, whatever. Interact with the show in whatever way that you want to. Corey and Marshall asked, would this team have a different record with Dan Campbell? Um, I think if you simulated the Packers season up to this point 10 times, I think the Packers would probably be three and three. I think they 
probably very easily could have won in Atlanta. They very easily could have won in Vegas. They very easily could have won yesterday if Daniel Carlson just makes his kicks. Damn kicker. Uh, And they also could have lost in New Orleans or against New Orleans. Like There have been a bunch of games so far this Packers season that are coin flips. And in the luckiest of universes, there's a world in which the Packers are... What would they be? Five, there's a world in which the Packers would be 5-1. and one, And I don't think that would make them a, a fundamentally better team. You know, we talked about in 2019, are the Packers frauds? Remember when PFF got that role and Eric Eager, our friend, was at the heart of that. Or last year with the Vikings. Like, the Vikings went, what, 14-3 and three or 13-4 and four last year? And most Packers and, and NFL fans believe the Vikings to not be very good at all. Now, they were good enough to win a certain amount of games. They were good enough to win the division. You never apologize for winning games. But this Packers team is two and four. They could be three and three. They could be four and two. They could be five and one. They could also be one and five. So wins and losses can be misleading. It's more important, especially in years like this, for the Packers and for Packers fans to focus on the process, to focus on development, to focus on scheme, and those things that aren't always reflected in the final score, those things that aren't always reflected in the final stats. Now, Dan Campbell, I think, might be a little bit better motivator but I don't think this Packers team has an issue with motivation I think they have an issue with organization and that is an assistant coach issue that's a you know that's a coordinator issue say what you want about Dan Campbell and you know his his weird comments about biting kneecaps and he's a little cartoonish I think he employs one of the best offensive coordinators in football maybe the best in Ben Johnson Matt LaFleur enjoys enjoys he enjoys he also employs Joe Barry Picking coordinators and being able to recruit coordinators and keep good coordinators like Dan Campbell did this last offseason. It's important. Let's keep talking about this next. I love this topic. Wisco Sports Show back in two minutes. We keep digging ourselves in a hole, and it's disappointing to have no points at, at the half. Like anytime you hold somebody under 20 points in this league, I think you've got to do enough to win from an offensive standpoint. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Man, Rowdy asked that question this morning. Nelly? Our Nelly? What would the Packers record be with Dan Campbell? Appreciate Corey and Marshall bringing that up it's an interesting topic because it forces us to discuss you know what is Matt LaFleur good at what is he weak at what is Dan Campbell good at what is he weak at uh and I think often in in conversations about head coaches we expect these guys to be perfect we expect them to know everything we expect them to be on top of everything scheme personnel uh, motivation communication in-game decision-making, all these things. I don't think we should expect any coach to be the best at everything. I think it's important for head coaches to realize, hey, I'm really good at this. The man, this other thing over here, that's not my bag. So I need to be intentional, intentional. I need to be intentional about the assistants that I hire and about the coordinators that I hire. I need to realize what I'm not good at and address what I'm not good at by hiring coordinators that can help me out, right? And I think Dan Campbell has done a brilliant job of that, starting with his offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Now, I'm not saying Dan Campbell doesn't know scheme. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not smart enough with football to know whether or not Dan Campbell's some sort of 
schematic mastermind. I do know he's not Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't have the reputation of of a coach that has come from an offensive system that's picked to be an offensive coordinator and an offensive system in and of himself. That was never Dan Campbell's bag. He was a tight end coach. He was a rah-rah guy, a former player and a former lion. And I think he symbolized something very important for Detroit. It meant more to him because he played in Detroit. He's a former player. He knows how much this team means to the fans and he knows the history of, of struggle from that franchise. So he gets all that. Dan Campbell realized, you know what? I might not be the tightest schematic mind in the world. I'm not known as a Kyle Shanahan or as a Sean McVay. So I'm going to go after a guy like Ben Johnson, who I think is really sharp schematically, and I'm going to work to keep him. As he did this offseason, I thought a lot of people thought Ben Johnson would maybe get head coaching offers, and he might this coming offseason, but then it's going to be on Dan Campbell to find another corner. Kyle Shanahan's really good with this. I don't know how, but every defensive coordinator he hires is awesome. And the only reason he has to keep hiring defensive coordinators is because they all keep getting head coaching gigs. You know what I mean? So a head coach does not have to be perfect at everything, but a head coach has to be self-aware and realize I'm not good at this. So I got to get position coaches and coordinators that can help me with this. And I don't know what Joe Barry brings to the table. Right. And, and Vagabond John has defended Joe Barry and I'll defend Joe Barry because they have not lost games this year because of their defense. The defense is blown away by Detroit's offense. Detroit's so much better, so much more experience than the Packers. I don't really even count that game when we're evaluating certain coaches or certain position groups. But that game was an example like, yeah, the Lions are, are a league above. In all the other games that were close or competitive, the defense has been right there. That doesn't mean that I believe Joe Barry's a good coach. That means that I don't really believe in the Bears offense, the Saints offense, the Falcons offense, the Raiders offense, the Broncos offense. I don't think Joe Barry is a great motivator. I don't know that he's a great teacher based on what we've heard. I I think he's just kind of there. And that's on Matt LaFleur because Matt Matt LaFleur's got to look around and say, what am I bad at? All right, now I got to go find my number two, my defensive coordinator, who can help me out with those things. And I don't know what Joe Barry is bringing to the table. Like Matt LaFleur is throwing a barbecue, right? And he's got the hot dogs. He's got the buns. He's got the ketchup. He's got the mustard, and he's like, well, I I got the hot dogs and the brats. I need someone to bring uh, the potato salad and the macaroni salad and all all that crap. And here comes Joe Barry. He walks in with a bag of dum-dums. It's like, well, that's not adding anything that we didn't have already, but I guess you can put it on the table. That's Joe Barry, the way I see it. And a head coach has got to realize, I'm not good at this, so I'm going to get coordinators and assistant coaches to help with that. And I don't know that Matt LaFleur has done that. Dan Campbell has. Dan Campbell's done a great job of that. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate the calls. Let's get back to the phone. 608-321-1670. Ed is in McGuanago. Ed, what's going on? Welcome. Hey, not much, Grant. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm bummed about this game, but it's not really dragging me down too much. Yeah, like like you said before, like I was bummed to watch him lose, but it didn't ruin my weekend either. Yeah, it was a bummer yesterday. I don't know. I wanted something to be excited about. I wanted to think... We're back. You know, we're out of the bye. We got some new new ideas on offense. Dubs and Watson, they're taking a step, and we just we didn't get any of that. It was just another Raiders game. No. Yeah, it was it was kind of disappointing in the, the slow start. The the defense had been keeping us in it, you know, and we definitely had some opportunities there. That deflected pass was kind of ridiculous. But it, it was, but it also, it's not like it bounced off the back of his helmet. It bounced off of his hands. So like, I'm not going to yeah. apologize for that. Cause I think like four times out of five, Romeo Dobbs probably catches that. Well, and that's just it. Like he, he's got the hand strength and you saw it in that other um, catch. that so you made the contested catch in the yeah. end zone, the opposite of the fail Mary, they got the call, right? 
except for Gene Steratore. Well, uh, I need his four hands on the ball, and I don't know what his excuse was, but he was trying to say that the quarterback, his feet touched first. But I was like, listen, Gene, <laughs> the second part of that is you also got to control it to the ground. Yeah. So if you catch the ball and you fall in the end zone and it pops out of your hands, that's incomplete. Well, and they asked the pool reporter after the game about Steratore's explanation. And I'll pull it up here when we're done with our call. I don't want to waste time on the on the phone here reading this. Yeah, yeah. But they asked him, and he's like, no, I don't know what Gene Steratore's talking about. That sounded ridiculous in the moment. And I'm like, I don't know anything, but I'm pretty sure that's not right. Right. And I think he, he kind of fumbled on it, too. And, you know, no pun intended there. Yeah. He even said at one point, four players had the ball, and he meant four hands. But whatever. You know, Steratore can suck an egg. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was going to say a positive thing, and then I also had a take on, on Matt LaFleur's play calling that I yeah. – one thing I did I thought was ridiculous. Well, the positive thing is that the Packers suck. That is a positive in that they can go get players to help them where they need help. And if, and if we learn that Jordan Love stinks, well, then they're going to have some extra draft picks and they can address that. So, yes, it, I guess if they're going to be bad, be bad, bad. And maybe at the end of the year, we look back and think, well, I'm glad that Anders Carlson missed that kick. I'm glad they lost the Raiders because it's the team's no good either way. And this way we get a better pick. So you might end up being right about that, Ed. Yeah. And even the pick aside, you know, which is one aspect of it, but that's not what I'm rooting for. What I'm, what I'm feeling from this team, because you can see the anguish, I think in, in the body, the body language, like from Dobbs and um, Watson, like when they drop a ball or like the play in the end zone last week that Watson, you know, got beat up by the five, eight guy or whatever, like they really want to win. And I think these crushing defeats, like one after the next is you kind of hope that that's like going to be a story in the future. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they went through this crappy season and if there's a time to suck, the time to suck is right now. hundred percent. All these young guys, down players, down offensive linemen, down our star running back. So, you know, we've got, I don't want to call them built-in excuses, but reasons, legitimate reasons. Explanations. And, Not excuses, these, they're explanations. Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and all these young guys. And I think that sometimes you go through all those crushing defeats, and it can be a real motivator. I mean, look at Rodgers, too. You know, just having to sit back the way he did, and it made a chip on his shoulder. And I think guys that, like Watson and Dobbs are so competitive that they are going to have that chip on their shoulder going into next year. And this year isn't over. You know, I, I know we're going to come right back to that. It's not over. We could rattle off five wins in a row. It could happen. But I see, I see good things for the future. And I see, I see a little bit from love in that he was still overthrowing guys a little bit, but not as high, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like a couple <laughs> yeah, throws, not like to Watson and, and Dobbs and Dobbs would go up and get those. But well. You know, like the one he kind of left him up in the air and he got nailed by that dude that got ejected. So it's like, but the week before and weeks before, he's throwing him like two or three feet over their head. Yeah. So I think he's trying to control that. I think he's braining it in and he is going to polish it out by the end of the season. I hope so. That's the optimistic view. I, I got to run it. I got to get to some other callers, but I appreciate you. Thanks for the call. Uh, real quick. Real yes. Quick, one more thing. Yes, go the ahead. The call to have, um, <laughs> to have Dylan run on first and 10 right after he ran a catch and run at 33 yards was a big bonehead play. Like let's have a 247 pound guy that just ran 30 yards. Come back into the huddle and run a first and 10. He's not Give tired. It to somebody else or throw it. I thought that was stupid. Yeah.
Okay, uh, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. No, you're good. You're good, Ed. I uh, I love that that was the play that you honed in on because we all see different things. We all notice different things and get frustrated with different things. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize that. Everybody talking yesterday is like, oh, this is the best AJ Dillon has maybe ever looked. You know, save for the Tennessee game, and I think that's the problem with AJ Dillon is we walked away from a game thinking, man, that's that's as good as he's ever looked, and he had 15 carries for 61 yards. And his longest carry was 15. Like, they need some dynamism. They need some freebies. If there was ever a team that made you think, my God, do they need, like, someone to bust a 50-yard score and just and just blow it open and, and give an easy score, this Packers team has to work for everything. Like, even when Dontavian Wicks is running trick plays to Aaron Jones, it's like, yay, we got 25 yards, but Jesus, can someone please break it? Even Christian Watson on the busted play in Vegas still got roped down at the two-yard line. It's like, oh, my God. Are we ever going to get an easy score? And A.J. Dillon ain't going to get an easy score. He's, he's a glorified fullback. Great as a complimentary piece, but they don't have the lead piece because I don't know if Aaron Jones isn't healthy or what the deal is there. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm done asking the Aaron Jones questions. I no longer care. I no longer have the energy to care. Why didn't he get any care? I don't, I don't know what rattles around in Matt LaFleur's head. When it comes to Aaron Jones, I'm I'm sick of wondering. I'm done asking. Let's talk to Thomas in Lacrosse. 608-321-1670. What's up, Thomas? Hey Grant. Good to hear from you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh bummed about the Packers, but hey, our Badgers got a, I thought that was an awesome moment, even if it doesn't amount to anything, because I still think they might get schlacked by Ohio State. And our UWL Eagles, Thomas, they keep getting it done. Yeah, I was just gonna mention and I called in about it. Um it was the game was played in front of a record crowd of 5,414, breaking the previous record of 5,373, which was against the Whitewater Warhawks back all the way on the 15th of October 2016. That's quite astonishing, to say the least. I saw pictures of the tailgating crowd, and I thought of the yeah, Brewers and their their tailgating culture. It's like, man, tailgating at UWL actually sounds because it's a smaller lot. It feels more familiar. Right. You can walk over to the Eagles Nest. Like that's that's uh, that's their own little version of a beer district. They got everything they need right there. Absolutely, absolutely. God, I know. No, and the the key theme or word that came from this game for me was <laughs> resilience. You know, this is the second straight week where, you know. It really came down to the wire, but again, Kaiser Haltergrand, that beautiful son of a gun, oh. came through um, when we needed him most. You know, at, at that very end, if you remember, Grant, uh, with that first down uh, QB sneak, and then it really sealed it from there. Um, I thought our running game, you know, was really, really dynamic. Uh, Gabe Lynch and uh, Dio Oye. Um, don't get me wrong; like Oshkosh is like a quality team and opponent. Grant to get this win. We're now four and zero in conference, six and one overall. I mean, that's quite impressive. I mean, after the game, you know, Kaiser Heltzberg, he, he said, you know, he's, they got, you know, he's got to clean some things up. You know, he had an interception in the red zone and some drives that stalled. But you know, the old line around him, though, Grant, they are beastly. Don't get me wrong. Hey, shout out, uh, Coach Aaron. Shout out, Coach McGlenn. He's the guy. Who got this. I love Coach McGlenn. I, I love some of those coaches on the UWL staff. We got to stick to mostly Packers, but I am looking at this. YX schedule and I'm looking at the standings and I appreciate you Thomas sorry we couldn't get you on Bill's show earlier today we just got to kind of keep it to Packers sometimes especially on the big fancy statewide network so UWL's got Eau Claire at home 1130 game which by the way 1130 games rule 
Like, you would think that players hate 11.30. Anytime you talk to a Wyack athlete or a coach, they love playing at 11.30 because then they can go about their Saturday. They should rock Eau Claire unless, unless you believe in the idea of a look-ahead spot because they got River Falls that are having an amazing season. River Falls is 3-1 and one in conference play. They're right there with Whitewater uh, tied in the standings right now. So I'm definitely dialed in. WK2I, of course, our lacrosse affiliate home of UWL football, and you can even watch online. It's pretty sweet. That's how I follow the team. Drew Kelly, Terry Erickson have been outstanding on the call. And when they walked off Whitewater in Whitewater a couple weeks ago on that game, game-winning game field goal, Drew with an amazing call. Like, imagine being a play-by-play man for UWL or for high school, and you get an opportunity to have a moment like that and to nail it. So shout-out to Drew Kelly, UWL football. Thank you for the call, Thomas. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Eric on I-90. Eric on I-90. You would know all about the buzz around the UWL football team. You live in that neck of the woods. I know nothing about the buzz. About the can't UWL you can't you feel team. it? In the, it's not something you know. It's something that you feel. Don't you just feel it when you drive around town? I, I don't. Not even a little bit. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't feel it at all. Well, you could have lied. You could have lied. Know. Come on. <laughs> I can't. No, I, I can't tell a lie. Well, I'm hard charging down I-90 on a Monday night football night. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. They're going to have McCaffrey. You guys are going to be without Justin Jefferson. I think I would bet the Vikings to cover or to at least keep it close. Spiritually, I think the Vikings would stay in this game with Jefferson, but they just don't really appear to have a clue on what to do without Jefferson, Eric. They're lost. Do you really think McCaffrey being in or out in this game makes any difference? Well, with, with Debo Samuel not playing, yeah, yeah, because they start to, well, I mean, Ayuk's awesome and so is Kittle. I do think it, Matt, yeah, because the Vikings are at home. They've had time to rest. I mean, so have the Niners, but yeah, the Vikings are a good team. They're just not winning. So I think they would they would stick in this game, and I might even bet them to cover, but they run everything through Jefferson, and they're not going to have them. Yeah, well, I'm trying to convince myself that's not true i'm convincing myself we got a chance here and you're not helping grant not helping but i'm i'm gonna convince myself by the time i get home i'm gonna be sitting there i'm gonna have all my stuff that i need to watch the game snacks i'm gonna be like ready and i'm gonna be thinking we're gonna win and it could be 35 to nothing san francisco and i will watch it to the end well of course watch it right to the end is is game right seven? Uh, is game seven between the Astros and is that tonight too, or is it just the NLCS tonight? We we'll have a loaded night of sports and Niners Vikings is a fun game. I don't know if it'll be close at the end. Um, and I respect you for you know talking yourself into it. I do the same thing every week, but tonight should just be an awesome right. night of sports, Eric. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. That's what I got to say, Grant. <laughs> this is what it's like. Yeah. This was like another thing too. Everybody can keep trying to convince themselves that Green Bay has got a good defense. But the opposing team did not punt in the first half. Yeah. All right? That just keeps your offense off the field. Yeah, they held it's the old Ben. Yeah, that was the Vikings saying, oh, we got a good defense. We're Ben, but don't break. No, you don't have a good defense. The opposing team has got to punt in the first half a couple times when you have a good defense. That is how it works. 
You do not have a good defense in Green Bay. Well, and they're not forcing turnovers. Now, so, Eric, there's a a very important line of demarcation here, and this is what I told Bill earlier today, and this is what I will tell Vagabond John. The Packers, in my opinion, have not been losing because of their defense, but that doesn't mean that I think they have a great defense and a great defensive coordinator. Both things can be true. Those are two separate conversations. Both. Both things can be true. They've got they've got talented players. I'll, I'll say that, but not, as a as a group playing together, no, no, they don't have a good defense. I think Jair Alexander's way overrated. I'm, I'm kind of. I'm I'm kind of like I like Jair. He's a very good corner, but Everybody then I, but but then I watch some of these other, you know, like Jordan Poyer yesterday for the Bills. I know he's a safety, but he punched out a ball. He he created a crucial possession for his team late. If Jair Alexander punched out a ball late in a game, I'd be like, who the hell is this guy? Like he he doesn't create. I'm looking for game changing, game wrecking plays, and I like Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark and Jair. I. I like them a lot, and they're paid to be game-wrecking players, but I don't often see them wrecking games, Eric. Oh, no, it's, it's hard. It's just going to be a difficult season. I think that you're actually leading the charge, Grant, um, and trying to keep everybody's, you know, ahead in the game, and it's going to be some losses that you probably could have won. Yeah. But that's just the yeah. way it's going to go. And... Uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough because you want your day to end well, right? You want to end well. Of course. And I want Jordan Love to be good, and I want the I want Matt Lafleur to be good. I want some of these young players to be good, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to be Mr. Positive here. I'm just trying to tell everyone, Eric. This is what we wanted. We wanted Rodgers out of town because we wanted to be free of the the BS and, and to reset expectations. And if that means a rebuild, then fine. Oh, well, we're six games in, and everyone's losing our mind after two close losses. Yeah, they were ugly and frustrating, but this is what we wanted. This is what we signed up for. So this is our bed, and now we're going to lay in it together. So get down and pull the sheets up to yep. your chin and deal with it. Yep, 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 yep. It's like a big plate full of crap, and you're just going to smash your face in it and start gobbling. Yeah. All right? And every time you, you know, it's, you're going to run into some corn and some peanuts every once in a while, and that's good. All that's right? Fine. But just smash your face in it and start gobbling. And, you know, next week, hey, you get the Vikings next week, and who knows? You don't know. Yeah, I kind of have a good feeling about next weekend. We'll see. Eric, I got to run. I got to take a break. You have a great night, and I appreciate the call, as always. Thank you. Hey, thanks, buddy. Talk to you later. Yeah, Eric on I-90. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you being here tonight. We are reacting to the Packers losing to the Denver Broncos 19 to 17. Uh, I'm trying to remember what we were saying about this game going into this game uh, because I want to be accurate and I, I want to be reasonable in the way that we react relative to the expectation going into this game. I, I think we believed this game to be a bit of a must win. I think this game's very similar to the Raiders game in that I didn't need them to win. You know, if the Packers would have lost to the Raiders 31-30 in a barn burner, and Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love and all the wide receivers, 
seemed like they had taken a bit of a step and they'd started to figure some things out and they're out there playing with confidence and the defense just came up one play short. All right, I can live with that. That's obviously not what happened. It was ugly and the Packers lost anyways. And I felt the same way going into this Denver game. Like, I think Denver is more talented than one in five, which was their record coming in, especially their defense. Like, I talked to Chris Thomas in last week. He covers them. Uh, he covers the team. He's to cover the Vikings for the Pioneer Press. And I was like, Chris, why is this defense so bad? They were unbelievable last year. And for the most part, they have a lot of the same personnel. And the answer that he gave me, I... I don't think it was a good one. He was like, well, they signed all these offensive free agents and they basically ignored the defense. It's like, yeah, because the defense is great. You don't go out and spend a ton of money and cap space and draft capital on a defense that's already great. Now they got a new coordinator and I, I think their scheme is, has probably suffered a little bit. I also, you know, I look at Sean Payton on the sideline and I look at what he's saying to, to players and I look at how he's acting with players. I'm like, Sean Payton doesn't look like he's a blast to play for. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't, it doesn't look like guys are having a lot of fun playing for the staff. And maybe that extends to the defense as well. So I think Denver was probably a little bit better than their one in five record would state, especially defensively. But that doesn't mean the Packers can score 17 points and get shut out in the first half. And and, and it's OK. Um, I, I would have loved to see the Packers. I don't know. Top 20 points for the for the first time in in a couple of weeks. I would have enjoyed that. You know, I didn't like the game plan for Matt LaFleur. I, I thought in Vegas, they went about it all wrong. They were playing against a team that has a very weak secondary. They can't stop the pass. Yeah, Max Crosby is good. He's the one guy who's good. So game plan around that. You should be just fine. Let Jordan Love drop back and, and sling the ball and let him build reps and, and try to build a rhythm with some of these pass catchers. Instead, Matt LaFleur and his staff decided that it was best to shelter him and to protect him and keep the training wheels on him and go run, run, pass, run, run, pass, first and 10, second and eight, third and seven, pass and cross your fingers. And and then in the second half, when they had to, they opened it up a little bit. They upped the tempo. They started passing the ball more in neutral downs, first and 10, right, right, mixed bag settings where running or passing would be okay. And it started looking a lot better. And I thought, okay, going into the bye, we're going to look at that tape and we're going to realize that the game plan against Vegas wasn't great. We should change it up a little bit. And then they rolled the exact same game plan out there yesterday. Let Jordan Love throw. And a lot of Packers fans, critical Packers fans, are like, well, did you see what happened in the second half? That's why Matt LaFleur doesn't want to let Jordan Love throw. Okay, but this year is about development. This year is about growth. We're already losing. We're already losing these games. Could we at least feel like we're making some progress while we're losing games? Because it doesn't feel like like losing 19 to 17 is not getting us anywhere. If we lose 31 to 30, even if Jordan Love has a pick or two, but has some really nice throws and is allowed to kind of work through some of these games with his receivers, feels like we're getting somewhere. It doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere right now. Plus, Jordan Love's been really good on play action. He's been really good in neutral passing situations. Let him pass early. I saw Sat today, and now I'm looking for it. I really hope I shaved it. Oh, it's from Hayden Winks at Underdog Fantasy. Neutral pass rates weeks one through seven. You know the top three teams in the NFL at passing on first and ten, excluding the final two minutes of the half. So you're taking out two-minute situations, and you're taking out uh, third down. So first and second downs, when you could pass or run, it's kind of up in the air. The Chiefs, the Bengals, the Eagles. Right behind them, the Vikings and the Dolphins. The Vikings are not 
great from a record standpoint. I think pound for pound, if you look at EPA per play and other statistics, they're a lot better than their record would state. It's interesting. Some of the best offenses in football, some of the best teams in football, pass on early downs. This would be smart business for the Packers. But instead, they're so obsessed with getting in third and mandible. It's like, well, if we can get in third and six or better, we like our chances. Just avoid third down altogether. When was the last time you saw the Packers turn a first and ten into another first and ten? Or a second and eight into a first and ten? They're just obsessed with picking up these little increments of yards to, to, to try to get themselves into third and manageable. You know what's better than third and manageable? Avoiding third down altogether. Let's pass on first and second down. Let's run play action on first and second down. These are settings that Jordan Love has been successful in. So let's let him be successful in those situations. Let's create more of those situations. That's a coach's job. Put a player in a position to succeed. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Grant, is it me? Yes, it's you. I was going to say, there's only one person on the phone. I know I know. I went to you a little bit ago, uh, so you didn't hear the click. But yes, it's you. Sorry, it's Q. What's going um, on, Q? I called in... I called in after we lost to the Raiders just before the bye and uh, said that this was must win. And I think yesterday was a career-defining loss for for Matt LaFleur. I would expect him to lose the team after a loss like yesterday. Um, I I have no confidence in him. I I personally think it's time to move on to uh, Rich Bisaccio, the special teams coach who's been a head coach previously. Uh, just because I, I don't think LaFour can do anything. And um, I do not blame Jordan Love at all for yesterday's loss. I, not I even a little? He, No. I, I think that Matt LaFour is grasping at straws. He has no clue what's going on. I, I think he needs to reset. I, I'm sure he'll be a successful offensive coordinator at some point. Q! Hey, Q, if you're still listening, call back. I, I feel like I owe you a little bit. Plus, it's not exactly like the phone line. Like, we've gotten a lot of callers already, so if you want to call back. Hey, here's my take on Rich Bisacci. I thought maybe someone would bring this up today. So, Q, I'm, I'm glad that you did. The idea that we should move on from Matt LaFleur and give Rich Bisacci a chance to... Let's see where Rich Bisacci's got. Rich Bisacci can coach and can impact this team in his current role. You know what I mean? It's not like they have him stuffed in a crate somewhere, unable to do anything. If Rich Bisaccia has toughness and experience to offer this team, he is more than welcome to offer it now as the special teams coordinator, as a very, very respected coach that everyone knows, and as the assistant head coach to Matt LaFleur. That was a title that he was given this offseason. There's nothing preventing Rich Bisaccia from impacting this team a lot right now. So if Rich Bisacci has something to offer, I would like to see it because I don't think Joe Barry's bringing anything to the table. And if Rich Bisacci is holding on to some motivation or holding on to some wisdom, I would like him to impart that toughness, impart that wisdom now as a special teams coordinator because it's not like they have him stuffed in a closet somewhere unable to coach. He's the assistant head coach. Uh, Q, is this you? Did you call me right back? Yeah, sorry about that. No, you're all good. Um, Yeah, so I... I'm not saying Basaccia is the answer, but I am saying Lafleur is not. Sure. And I think that there's a chance he's undermining Rich Basaccia on special teams even because he's the head of this team. Um, and I think any comparisons between Favre, Rogers, and Love are not fair because they had far superior coaches in Holmgren and McCarthy. 
And I think until we can see Jordan Love with an actual coach, not just somebody that Rodgers made look good for a few years, I, I don't know what we have in Jordan Love. And I think the rest of this season, that's what it's all about. And I, I would like to start eliminating variables in that process, like like in science. If you know something could be the issue, then you try and eliminate the variable. And if the issue remains, then it wasn't that, whoops, and you just keep going on down the line. So, so I, first of all, I love the idea of eliminating variables to figure out a problem. I, I love that. I feel like removing your head coach and play caller in the middle of Jordan Love's first year as a starter, I feel like that introduces more chaos than just leaving. Even if you don't think Matt LaFleur is the answer, I think removing him in the middle of the season might do more damage than good, unless you're that down on LaFleur, and Q, you might be based on what you're saying. I mean, he just lost to the Broncos, who are a joke. They they gave up 70 points this year. Yeah, and I, I've heard a lot of Packers fans today, you know, they're like, well, I'm looking ahead at the schedule, and uh, I don't, like, I don't see a game that this Packers team will win. I guarantee you they will win a game that you're not expecting to win. The Bills lost to the Patriots yesterday. You know what I mean? That's how football is. That's, that's any given Sunday. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not making excuses for what happened with the Packers yesterday. I, I'm just saying I think we need to cool it a little bit for, for a little while. Hey, Q, can I, uh, can I share something with you that I think you might be interested before I let you go? Please. So I don't know what this means, but five minutes ago, Giannis tweeted a picture of him with his uh, Larry O'Brien and his finals MVP trophy and said Milwaukee in all caps. Let's get it. Hashtag bucks and six hashtag extended. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. That would be unbelievable. Wow. Oh, Woj just tweeted. Giannis has agreed on a three year, $186 million contract extension. Sources tell ESPN. <laughs> that, that makes the damn trade. A two-for-one trade. So we traded Drew Holiday for Dame and Giannis. For in three my more mind. years of Giannis. What? Wow. Dude, the NBA this, lounge on Thursday on opening night is going to go up. This is going to be a great The Packers lost yesterday, and that's a bummer, but I think we're coming out ahead this week. Well, and it's it's huge because his the contract is based on this year's cap. So if the cap went up next year, then his salary would be higher and, like, the growth rate would be off of that. Like, Giannis is very – like, he, I'm sure he's talking to some very smart people. There is some cap issue that could happen next year because of the Bally Sports bankruptcy where there might be, like, a slight de- decline in TV revenue this year. So he could be trying to get ahead of that. But either way, it doesn't really matter from a Bucks perspective – like, we've got Giannis extended. That's amazing. This is insane. I have so many passive-aggressive tweets to subtweet towards Bill Simmons and Brian Windhorst and Heat fans. So, Q, hey, I'm going to let you go. Go celebrate this with your loved ones because this is fantastic, and I'm glad that we got to share this moment and discovering this news together. Let's talk later this week. We're going to do a big buck show on Thursday, so, so call in on Thursday if you can, okay? I will call in then. And uh, the last Viking or game I care about the Packers this year is beating the Vikings. I hope there's some sort of miracle because I, I don't want to lose to them. We'll always have that. For me. We'll always have that. Appreciate you. <laughs> have a good night, Q. All right. Thanks, Grant. Go yeah. Bucks. Go Bucks. Have a good one. I'm going to look more into this, but Giannis has signed an extension. Three years, $186 million. Look at this. Look at this.
God provides, huh? We're bummed out about our Packers. He said, hey, here's Giannis. You get him for three more years. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back. Continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, welcome back. Mike Clemens is going to join us at some point this week. I just got a text from Mike. He's traveling back from Denver tomorrow, so we might have to wait until Wednesday or Thursday to hear from Mike, get the latest on the team. He offered to come on tonight, and I told him, I said, Mike, you know, we're, we're taking calls. There's plenty of good conversation. Don't put yourself out. You were on with Bill earlier today. We'll hear from Mike later this week. Some good Packers guests. And by the way, Thursday is going to be basically a two-hour NBA lounge. I mean, it's going to be our season preview. The Bucks open things up on Thursday night, so we're going to do Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. Ty Windish is going to be here, a Eurostep podcast. If we're so lucky, we might just be graced by the presence of Justin Garcia as well. If you're just tuning in, maybe you just got in the car, Giannis has signed an extension, which was not something that I had on my bingo card for tonight. Uh, let me see here. The final tally... Giannis broke this news on his Twitter account and then Woj followed up a few minutes later. Giannis has agreed on a three-year $186 million contract extension which is what, $86 million or, uh, sorry, uh, dyslexic, $62 million a year. So Giannis is safe and secure. We got him for a couple of years and I'm just confused because like Mark Lazary sold his shares and I thought he knew something so I guess he must have known something else. It's not like a businessman would just make a business move when he needs some cash because he took a bath in crypto and needed some money. But what do I know, though? Uh, I don't run a podcast network like Bill Simmons, and I'm not on ESPN like Brian Windhorst. I'm just a, a boob with a you know a hokey little radio show on a couple of stations. What can I know? Mark Lazary sold his shares. I didn't think this was possible, so I, I partly don't even believe it. Uh, plus, Miami was monitoring the situation, and Pat Riley never misses, you know, unless you count, like, the last six unhappy players that have wanted to go to Miami or free agents. I mean, they've missed on on all those but if, if you don't count those pat riley never misses so this whole situation i'm still a little skeptical doesn't make any sense mike in colorado's here 608-321-1670 what's going on mike welcome hey grant so uh my uh dream did not come true yesterday obviously with the loss yeah is the buzz back in I, the state of colorado did, did that just reinvigorate <laughs> the whole state i grant i don't really watch the news or listen to any any local news i just listen to all packer sports radio every day everyone out there is probably too high on legal pot to even realize what's going on anyways who knows what everyone thinks out there that could be you know i had a bad feeling uh when i see the packers win the toss and then they defer again i thought oh well here we go again is that a loser mentality Is, is that too much of a wild take i feel like there's some some truth to that I, I just think that it's kind of become the trendy thing to do. And if LaFleur really wanted to mix it up, what I think he should have did was to, if they win the toss, you take the kickoff, and you just put your, your offense in high gear, and you motor down that steel as best you can and put the, at least three points on the board, if not seven, and make a statement. I, I really thought that they would come out, you know, their first series, and he'd maybe call uh, a handoff or pitch out to uh, Aaron Jones. And then the second play, he'd call a play-action fake. And then Jordan Love would do a quick drop back and hit 
Watson over the middle like they did against Philadelphia, you know, to yeah. see if they can't get something really going. And here it was just kind of the same old, same old, same old. And I'm like, what is going on? And, you know, then their mistakes are going on all over the place. And it's not just like one area. It's mistakes everywhere. And I think that goes back to coaching. It's, um, it's, it's, it's I mean, frustrating. You there's a youth. Yeah. Yeah. There's supposed to be the younger, the younger guys, but then you got veterans making goofing up too. I don't know how, I don't know where Myers was on that, uh, illegal snap or illegal procedure on a snap in the ball. Yeah. That's I mean, just, I didn't that's see what a, they called it on. That's just a dumb call. I mean, that was, that was frustrating. And, and at the beginning of the game, Mike, I'm like, hey, Packers fans are not having a good time right now. Broncos fans are not having a good time right now. The refs no. do not need to make this game even harder to watch. Like, just let us, just let this game run its course naturally. Don't make yourself a part of the equation and make this any more painful than it has to be. Yeah. And then at the, you know, you get uh, Lafleur after the game, and he's kind of giving up all these answers. And then, you know, what does he say uh, when they ask him if he noticed any progress? And he says, what? what? Are you there, Mike? Did we lose you? Play zero. There we go. And I said, "Oh my God!" If my I've had a couple bosses that it would if they would hear me say that. So you cut out you cut out for enough. for two seconds there. If your bosses oh. heard you say what? Uh, when he when they asked what they if he had noticed any progress after the uh, after the buy, mm-hmm. and he said, "Obviously zero. Yeah, I. Said, don't give you're 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 putting a nail in your coffin there, no, Matt. I, I you know, know at you least mean. he could have said something about I thought you know I thought our defense did good, you know, by holding them under twenty points. Or lie. And I thought that lie. Yeah, lie. Make make yeah. something up. We're just we're a bunch of sheep, anyways. Like I don't know scheme. Like just lie, just lie. Say something that is not refutable through tape. And you just make it up. These coaches in press conferences, Mike, they dig their own holes, and they don't have to. You can say anything you want. Yeah. They're not under oath. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking, gosh, you're giving you're gonna you're gonna go to Mark Murphy and say, hey, well, Mark, sorry, we didn't do we didn't learn anything in our two weeks, so we're gonna try again. <laughs> and what 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 do you think Murphy's gonna say? What when is enough enough? I don't know. The guy's worrying me. The guy's worrying me, Grant. You know, he's. Uh, I'm going to give them to, I thought today, I'm going to give them to like 13th game of the season, and I'll make my decisions on uh, Jordan Love right. and uh, LaFleur. All right. Well, I appreciate but, that. Uh, well, I'm going to circle that on the calendar, and in week 13 we can talk again. I'm sure we'll talk again before that, but I'm going to write it down. Week 13, Mike in Colorado will decide. So I'm going to hold you to that. I expect to hear from you then, Mike. <laughs> okay. I got to run. I got to fit one last boiling. break in. I appreciate Anything, anything right. else you want to pass along before you take off? Now, you know that one pass, though, on the end zone mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Dobbs deflected and it was a touchdown? Yep. If he, people are giving a love a hard time for that, but he, he purposely threw that at an angle to miss that, uh, that the, uh, defensive lineman in front of him, and I think Dobbs wasn't probably looking for it, and it bounced off his hands, which he should have caught it. Yeah. But luckily uh, – Reed was there to make the touchdown. So anyway, luckily it, it worked out. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks, Mike. Be well out in Colorado. Yes. See you, Grant. Yeah. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. Week thirteen. Expect to hear from me now. Expect to have a decision. Um, yeah. I, I think. 
And and this is where we got to be careful because last year we rolled Aaron Rodgers over the coals for not leading a receiver, throwing it behind a receiver. And, of course, Rodgers had a bum thumb. So I, I want to keep that in mind when we're evaluating Jordan Love, who is a first-time starter. I, I also have just been really underwhelmed with Romeo Dobbs the last couple of weeks. It seems like Jaden Reed has it together more than Dobbs does. Dobbs has been disappearing. He had fewer targets than Patrick Taylor in that Raiders game. That can't happen. And you could put that on coaching, but also Romeo Dobbs has got to force the issue and get open and make himself available to a degree that his play caller and his quarterback can't ignore him. That's what I expect from him. And maybe that's unfair in year two, but that's the situation that Brian Gutekunst is really set up with this roster. We're expecting a fourth rounder in his second year to be available, to be open and to be ready to make a play. All right, I got two minutes before I got to take my last break. We got time for one more caller. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Dan. Dan. Where are you calling from, Dan? Yeah. Lacrosse. Dan and Lacrosse. How you doing, Dan? I we've talked before. I recognize you. Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple of calls. Yeah. Uh it's not surprising. Uh it's let uh love develop his swagger. He hasn't had that yet. You know, and, and listeners are gonna go, Well, he's had all these games. It's practice. We're talking about practice. Mm. <laughs> Preseason is practice. They let him throw more in preseason. They don't let him throw until the end when everyone's coming after him, trying to kill him, and the crowd's riled up. Yeah, and when if he can develop a swagger, in other words, he's looking at the guys in the huddle, and they believe it, and you know, and he goes to the sidelines and says, "Here's what I was thinking. You you need to do this. That'll come if that if that happens, and he develops that swagger. Look at the great one. Look at the good quarterbacks." They come up to the line. They're looking around. I mean, they have that swagger. Look at look at Prescott. He always looks like it's his first year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's, his eyes are always bugging out, and, and and that's what he doesn't have. And I'll get once he once Love gets that swagger. I mean, he's got the talent. You can see the throw. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that came up. That. Yeah, Dan, that came up on on Bill's show earlier today, and I appreciate you. Have an awesome night. We'll we'll talk more again soon, Dan. I'm happy to get you in here, but I, I want to talk another time when we have a little bit more time. Uh, I, I I want Jordan Love to develop that swagger, 100. percent I want him to be able to sling the pill a little bit, and I do see the arm talent. Like Bill was saying earlier today, where's the arm talent? Well, the touch on the deep ball hasn't been there. I also would very much like if they stopped trying to throw 40-yard bombs into double and triple coverage. I just don't think we need to be doing that. Why? To prove that he can throw deep? I want to prove that they can win, move the ball up and down the field. Those deep shots will come. Run some play action, throw some intermediate stuff, and get these guys in positions to succeed. Luke Musgrave is a speed, wide receiver type tight end. Why they intend on using him as this pinball that's supposed to break tackles and bounce off guys. He's Richard Rodgers. He goes down at first contact, but they didn't draft him to be Gronk. They drafted him to be Jermichael Finley over the middle. And what do they do? They run tight end screens out in the flats with him. That's not what he's for. That's my frustration. Yeah, we'll come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Thank you, everybody, for the calls. That was an awesome show. Efficient, got lots of takes in. I felt like we got as many voices into tonight's show as possible. So I appreciate y'all. We'll wrap up the show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, 
Got about a minute left to wrap things up. If you just are catching the last couple minutes of the show, you've left work and you haven't heard, Giannis has signed a contract extension. Three years, $186 million. That's the max contract extension. This is fantastic. This is, what a great day. You know, the Packers lost yesterday. And there's a lot of questions around that team right now. And we're going to learn more about them throughout the season. But we got the Bucks starting their season on Thursday night. We got Giannis signing an extension. Badgers basketball starts a week from Wednesday. I will be at the Kohl's Center for that game. I'm putting on my Big J journalist hat. I'm going to go cover that game. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to bring the audio to the show or anything. But I'm going to cover the game. I'm going to be there. Got a lot of fun things coming up in the next few weeks. Enjoy the ALCS tonight. NLCS is on right now. The Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks are up 4-1 on the Phillies. Monday Night Football, Vikes Niners. Great night of sports tonight. Enjoy. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow at 4.